0: Whoever is listening, however you are listening, I want to welcome you back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 28. Before we begin, guys, I want to get a little bit of a an issue out of the way. Episode 27 of the Man with the Plan podcast posted last week, but there was an issue with Apple Podcasts and pertaining, like, it wouldn't post in certain areas, but I think I figured it out. If you go to your recently updated, if you've subscribed on Apple Podcasts, It should pop up as recently updated on the episode chart, but for some reason, when you search the podcast on its own, it's not popping up, and I'll look into that. If that becomes a problem with this episode posting and stuff like that, I'll have to make some emails, make potentially some calls, and just figure that out, but just know, you guys, I'm looking into it, but as always, thank you for the support that you continue to pour on the podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, so guys, thank you so much. If you like what you hear, consider subscribing, like, comment, whatever it takes to help this community grow. You guys are doing that and in many big numbers, so I have you guys' thanks. Today is Sunday, Mother's Day. Guys, if you're listening today on Mother's Day or just any day of the week, make sure to thank your mom. They do so much for us. They do so many sacrificial things. They are the ultimate embodiment of a person in my mind. They do so much for you guys, so much for me. They enable our dreams, they do whatever it takes for us to be happy, to be successful. Guys, mothers are the best possible people on the planet. Go tell your mother thank you, buy her some flowers, get her a card, take her to dinner, do whatever it takes to make her happy on their special day. So today, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the schedule release very, very briefly because it's coming up on Wednesday. We're going to do a schedule release episode podcast. And today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic that's come up within the light That has become the Aaron Rodgers fiasco, whatever you want to call that. Some may say that Schefter might have released it a little too early. That's a whole controversy for itself. But the Aaron Rodgers thing, the relationship between a GM and a QB, are we looking at it in the wrong way? How will this change the NFL and a bunch of things surrounding that that are just so fascinating to me that I want to dive into? And we'll start with that in a bit. But for now, we're going to talk about the schedule release, guys. The schedule is coming out May 12th on Wednesday. I am super excited for it. It's like that next event. You go from the Combine, Pro Days. Usually you get the Combine with what's going on in the last year or two. It's been a little bit of a mess. Then you get the Pro Days and you get to see the players and how they progress since the Combine. Maybe some guys that didn't participate in the Combine and how they do. Coaches get to go to the university, get that more personal connection with the scout that they really want or that player that they really want. I think Combine is more about the theatrics and how players look on the outside and that pressure pro days more personal you get to interview the guy one-on-one see how they do under their own home where they're comfortable and their street clothes they're like it's a pretty fun event it's actually more interesting to me and i know some pro days you can like say well they're just in street clothes they're supposed to be comfortable but you get to kind of see them in the environment that they've thrived in for the last couple years and how they respond to certain things within that comfortable environment And I think that's really key to discovering who you want as your prospect because if they're not able to thrive in an environment that they're comfortable in, are they going to be able to thrive under a crowd with 80,000 people in it with a defense screaming in your face? It's something to look into. And then you have the draft. The players get their dreams. They get their dreams to come true, and they go to the team, make millions of dollars, and then comes a schedule release. Teams start marking on their calendars, who are we going to play? Why are we going to play? When are we going to play? I really love diving into the schedule because, first of all, I get to pick which games I want to go to next year. I'm really looking forward to some games with like Trevor Lawrence, seeing Zach Wilson, seeing these rookies develop. Can Tampa Bay keep up with their undefeated season? I think, personally, Tampa Bay is the best chance you're going to say, whoa, whoa, undefeated? That's a little bit far-fetched. I think Tampa Bay could do it, but I think we need to see when they play, who they play, and, of course, there's always opportunity for a letdown. But I think Tampa Bay's got the best shot out of all the teams to win the Super Bowl besides Kansas City. San Francisco, are they going to be able to be healthy with Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo? Can the Patriots and the Chargers rebound? And Are the Texans going to be any resemblance of a team? We'll find out shortly on Wednesday. That is just super exciting stuff coming up. But today I want to dive into something a little more important. And it's kind of coming to light with Aaron Rodgers and just this whole fiasco. So as you've known, we've covered Aaron Rodgers for the last couple episodes. He wants out of Green Bay, might want to trade. Denver might be a team that is looking to acquire Aaron Rodgers. And it's become an entirely just this big story. It overtook the draft in some aspects because who does does Green Bay draft in some of this stuff? I was like, whoa, Aaron Rodgers wants out. This is the Bart Starr, 16 seasons. Brett Favre, 16 seasons, Aaron Rodgers, 16 seasons. It was kind of like you're starting to see a cycle here. And I was having this conversation with my dad, and I have to shout him out because he was the one who, like, gave me the inspiration for this idea. And he goes, are we looking at GMs and QBs in an entirely different manner? Are we looking at this a little bit far-fetched? So today I want to cover a lot of questions and kind of dive into it. We may take a short break if we get on, like, a brainstorming of ideas. I'm going to try to keep it as concise as possible, but we might have to take a break in between to kind of stretch this out so you guys aren't like, ugh, this guy's rambling and rambling and rambling, which is usually what I keep doing, but I enjoy it nonetheless. I really want to start with a specific event in 2017. So, as you guys know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been mentioned a few times on this podcast. In 2013-14, New England drafted a QB in the second round, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think around this time, no one expected Brady to kind of be this guy that was playing like almost eight years later in 2022, 2021, where he's probably going to play a couple more years. I don't think anybody with even like the smartest football geniuses could tell you, oh yeah, Brady's going to play eight more years. He's going to play into his forties. That's unheard of. That was completely unknown. It was this phenomenon. So Belichick obviously starts looking for a successor and understandably so. These QBs start getting older. They're Throwing mechanics start to degrade, but I think Brady knew this too, and especially after his ACL injury, he started to recover. And he met this guy named Alex Guerrero. This guy taught him different new ways to recover, different methods, and eventually would turn into the T D 12 method, which we'll get into in later segments on this podcast. And so this growing tension, obviously in the beginning, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to take over, but I think Belichick had a plan. In a couple of years, Brady, he he would expect Brady to either retire or regress and look to move on from him and have Jimmy Garoppolo take over but New England won two more Super Bowls Brady was a five-time Super Bowl champion and was looking to play well into his 40s and wanted to continue a career that was successful and just as prosperous as the years that he had built previously and so he looks to Belichick and says hey move Garoppolo or uh, basically it pissed off saying hey dude move him out and he basically forced Kraft's hand Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded to the 49ers, and Brady ends up winning one more Super Bowl. That gamble ends up paying off, but now Brady's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I always kept thinking on this signing, I don't think it would have been very hard for Belichick to convince Tom to stay in New England. It just needed an extension, get some guys to build around him, but I think Belichick doesn't understand something, and I think that what the NFL is trying to grasp is, what is this new GM-QB relationship? Are we looking at it different? The life expectancy of a QB, has it changed? You look at guys like Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, guys who probably could play into their 40s, but there's certain style of play. Let's dive into the, what the style of play means. Certain QBs are pocket passers. Certain QBs like to run and scramble around and make plays like a Johnny Manziel, or you could take a Patrick Mahomes in that instance where they like to run around and they thrive off the chaos, but sometimes thriving off the chaos gets you hurt. It gets you into trouble. We've seen Patrick Mahomes nipped up. He's had some ankle injuries. He had a knee injury. But it doesn't look like there's an injury-prone matter. There's guys like Drew Brees who just got hit, and it's certain certainly unlucky, but something to look into. And now you got Aaron Rodgers. Let's look at that for a second. Aaron Rodgers in 2019 just came off the NFC championship. His team's arguably the best in the NFC. This is pre-Tom Brady to keep in mind before we knew what they were gonna be. They were the team to beat. But what does Aaron Rodgers' team do in the first round? They're looking for his replacement. They don't think that Aaron Rodgers, especially with the collarbone injuries, is capable of playing into his 40s. Aaron Rodgers is 37, and at the time, he's much younger than that. He's probably 35, 36, who could probably play a good three more years. But they're trying to follow a cycle that has been plagued in the NFL for a long time. It's been set in place. They brought Favre. They did the exact same thing. They had Aaron Rodgers. They drafted there in the late first round. Now, Green Bay wasn't as good as a team in 2005, but they drafted a replacement so when Brett Favre was ready to retire, Aaron Rodgers could take over, and he had enough experience behind the bench and in practice to be able to do that. So they thought they could do the same thing with Jordan Love. But the NFL 15 years later is so much more different. The nutrition that we get, the routines that these QBs do, the muscle recovery, it extends this lifetime. And you even see it in the NBA with LeBron James. These guys are willing to do whatever it takes to continue their career and spend millions of dollars on their body, and it's such a fascinating thing to look at, which is why I wanted to do a podcast on it, is why are we treating this situation, why aren't we treating the situation like Brady? Because you look at a guy like Tom Brady, who's about 43 now, who's made a worldwide business off of the TB12 method, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously saw something and were willing to build a team around him, and then the first year they win a Super Bowl, do you think Belichick's looking at it in a different way now? What is How does he feel about Cam Newton? And that style of play that runs around and you often get hurt. Can Cam Newton play into his 40s? Could a guy like Patrick Mahomes play into his 40s? Could a guy like Russell Wilson play into his 40s? Maybe we look at it in a completely different way. What do we do about QBs that are able to stay in the pocket? Like guys like Trevor Lawrence who are coming to the NFL who are traditionally pocket passive QBs. Is he going to be able to play 20 years in the NFL? What do we do when we go 16, 15 years down the road and teams start itching? It's like this internal clock in gms in in organizations where it's like all right we've had a lot of success with this qb but eventually there's that tension and we've seen it with tom we've seen it with aaron and we actually saw it in a different way with the falcons where the falcons saw matt ryan was playing at a high level he's able to throw for a lot of yards make good decisions with the football but they drafted kyle pitts they had a prime opportunity to draft justin fields who would have been worthy of a number four overall pick and they could have traded down they could have done a lot of things, but they chose to spend a pick on Kyle Pitts. What does that tell you? It tells you that the Falcons are willing to spend some more years on Matt Ryan. That faith in spending a pick on a generational talent in Kyle Pitts shows that they aren't necessarily ready to draft a QB to sit behind Matt Ryan for a couple more years. They think Matt Ryan's style of play, that sit in the pocket, throw the ball, and get down when someone's near you, we haven't really heard of injury history related with Matt Ryan. Nobody's saying, ooh, Matt Ryan's injury-prone like Jimmy Garoppolo, where Jimmy Garoppolo could be out by week four for the entire year with a a nicked-up ankle, a knee injury that maybe destroys a career. Jimmy Garoppolo is now on the trading block. He's got his air replacement, and he's he's in his 20s. It's ridiculous. He's got Trey Lance waiting on him. In Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history, they're treating him like a 38-year-old QB. What happens if Jimmy Garoppolo has his injury history and he's in his 40s or his 30s? It's something that's just so fascinating to look at, and I think it's something that Tampa Bay initially understands that I think that a lot of teams never really will, and I think you have to take what they did with the draft with Kyle Trask, and they obviously called Brady and they said, hey look, we're drafting Kyle Trask, he's not going to replace you, this is not a Jimmy Garoppolo situation, he's going to play when you're ready to retire, and Brady, if we're thinking that Brady doesn't signal off some of these draft picks, I think we're insane to think that the Bucs don't respect them enough, they have this overall arcing amount (laughs) of just respect, and they kind of treat Brady like a GM in a sense, and it's not saying this isn't a podcast turning into where we give all the players the power, but it's something to analyze when we look at players and their age, and how we look at that loyalty that we give them based on injury history, the style of play, a lot of different aspects to look at this, and it's just such a Oh, I keep repeating myself. And, oh, this is such a fascinating thing to look at. But I think it's a cycle that it's going to keep evolving. In the 80s with Joe Montana, I think that the 49ers let go of him pretty early. If we saw a Hall of Fame QB let go like 31, 32, I think we believe that teams were insane. And you're seeing teams like the LA Rams where Jared Goff, who has had pretty successful seasons, took the Rams to the playoffs the second round of the playoffs, almost knocked off the Packers. You see him let go for a QB like Matt Stafford who sits in the pocket makes good throws of the football, the injury history is there, but Matt Stafford's able to overcome that with that style of play that's able to create that kind of longevity, it's that longevity that teams aren't able to figure out just yet, and I think it's teams that, like the Patriots, like the Buccaneers, like the Packers, they're, they're trying to figure out this cycle, how do we overcome this, we need to draft this new QB, but we also have a guy in the building that can play three or four more years, but that one hit, could destroy that career and I think that's what happened with Drew Brees and with Peyton Manning I think Peyton Manning with the neck injury he started to go on a limited clock I think if it wasn't for the neck injury he'd probably be playing a couple more years but it wasn't going to be as much as Tom Brady I think that it was just a certain style and with Drew Brees in the NFL he took a couple rib injuries he took a couple big hits that really just sidelined him and he was like all right it's time for me to call it a career and for some QBs that's just how it goes And they decide that on their own time. But what about the QBs like Rodgers, Ryan, Brady, who want to extend their careers, who want to play for ages. They want to define their careers over decades. Their legacy spans from 2010 to 2020. Quarterbacks that can really defy how we look at QBs and how we look at the draft. It's so many different aspects of this relationship, and it's really brought to light. It's kind of sparked by Tom Brady and a QB that wants to play forever. And we go, has this TB12 method, changed the way we look at football has it changed the way we look at these gm qb dynamics the way you have this nutritional balance this way to eat this way to recover brady's got a bedtime of like eight o'clock and he's playing till he's 43 how much do we look at this and go how much stock do we put into it it's something so fascinating so makes me so curious to see how nfl teams will react to this when patrick mahomes is 35 and we the way he plays is a little dangerous I say if he has 10 straight years of no catastrophic injuries, do the Chiefs start to look for a replacement, and how does that impact Mahomes? What about when Herbert plays 10 years down the road and the Chargers have had numerous years of success with him? Do they start to look for a replacement? It happened with Joe Flacco. He eventually was shipped out for Lamar Jackson, someone healthier, someone younger, someone cheaper. Do we keep Joe Flacco longer, even if he's keeping us in success? But that rookie QB's always looking over the shoulder. There's always a new guy looking over someone's shoulder. And I think it's up to these NFL teams to decide how do we replace, how do we look at it, how do we evolve to a new standard of playing, how do we evolve that life expectancy, that cycle that's been constant in the NFL, it's about 15-16 years with a QB, and then it's time to look for that mentor, that replacement. You become the franchise centerpiece to a mentor within a year. It's insane to me how Aaron Rodgers goes to the NFC Championship game and then becomes a mentor. Almost in a sense, and he's like, "Oh hell no, that's not happening. I'm winning the MVP." And so, how does the Packers look at it now? We're looking at a trade to a potential team like Denver or a team like Las Vegas, where a lot of different things could change in the next coming years, and it's very, very fascinating this GM QB cycle. Guys, as always, I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know it's going to be a little shorter than usual, but I really just enjoyed to talk about this new topic, this cycle that we have to really look at in the NFL how these QBs will react in the coming years it's so so fascinating to me I hope you guys enjoyed guys as always your support means the world to me thank you guys so much for watching episode 28 of the man with the plan podcast next time we will cover the schedule release expect that in the coming days we're either going to do a reaction or we're going to do a preview and then a reaction we'll just see how the schedule lines up guys thank you so much for watching the man with a plan podcast my name is Grayson Man. have a fantastic day Thank you to all the moms out there. You guys rock. You guys are the world. Everybody should go thank your mom today. This is the Man With Plan podcast. Have a fantastic day, and as always, take care.